0: The scripture lesson this morning is from the 27th Psalm, verses 1 through 9, the word of the Lord. The Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me, uttering slanders against me, my adversaries and foes, they shall stumble and fall. Though a host encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I asked of the Lord that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will set me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies round about me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. Thou hast said, Seek ye my face. My heart says to thee, Thy face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not thy face from me. May God bless to our understanding this, the reading and hearing of his holy word. Please pray with me. God, our Father, we pray that you would stir your spirit within us and among us, that we may have the eyes to see and the ears to hear your will and your way for us this day. It's in the strong name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. It is so good to be here with you, back here at Vance church. Uh, We have a lot of connections here. Some of you know this, but uh, Mary and I, my wife Mary, were married here. She grew up here. Two of our three daughters were married here. I had the privilege of marrying them here to to our sons-in-law. One of them got away and was married up in New Wilmington, Pennsylvania, but two of the three were married here. And I got underfoot as a youth group kid from First Presbyterian Church, often here with joint youth group uh, kinds of things, so it's wonderful to be back to, to uh, partner with Drew Seabright. Drew and I worked together at McCoy Funeral Homes, and, and we're underfoot there from uh, as long as I can remember, from grade school days. We uh, really just drove um, uh, our parents nuts at the, the funeral home for a number of years. And I, we were saying, if, if uh, Erica knew uh, our history, some of the things we were up to back then, she would never have paired us in this thing. But uh, she apparently didn't know those stories. But it's wonderful to be to be back here and, and to uh, to celebrate. Uh, faith and to worship with you all today you know uh i was just at our 45th my 45th high school reunion and i reminded the folks there i had a little little speech to make a little short thing but i uh it hit me that uh, you know you cannot make old friends have you ever thought you really can't make old friends it's wonderful to make new friends but you just can't make old friends takes time takes a lot of shared experiences and uh, so when i come here there are memories and and uh and uh, so many old friends, and uh, so it's great to be with you. The passage this morning that I just read is one of our lectionary passages from the Psalms. uh, It has in it a a phrase that caught my attention as I thought about what I wanted to share this morning, and that is uh, the prayer or the the request, the one thing that the Psalms asked that he may be able to dwell in the house of the Lord all of his days. And uh, I want to work on that one with you a couple minutes this morning. And, and this uh, call, I think, that is also in one of our lectionary passages, to the call to dwell in the house of the Lord and what that could mean. Uh, one of the lectionary passages contains Jesus' first words uh, as he began his public ministry, repent and believe the gospel. And so uh, I want to work on that a little bit with you. First of all, I think to dwell in the house of the Lord requires that there is a willingness to do that raises the question are you willing to dwell in the house of the lord i think it's the foundational or the central question of life are you willing to dwell in the house of the lord do you ask the question of life what does the lord require of me what what do i do how do i live to please god do you want to do that and so that's the first question i think of life and the first question here if you're like me you tend to ask over time uh, what do i want What will make me happy? What will make me fulfilled? How can I use my gifts? Those sort of things. And the key question is really more than that. It is, Lord, what do you want of me? How can I dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life and serve the Lord? What does that mean? I I think it does mean it, it, it. calls us to, to seek the meaning of, of dwelling in the house of the Lord what is that about? I can remember early on knowing that phrase I grew up in the church so hearing the twenty third psalm and the last line I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever that was in my mind and those images from early my early days in the church worked on me my first thought was I know I'm supposed to want to dwell in the house of the Lord but I'm not sure I really want to do that. I envision dwelling in the church. You know, is there a TV in there? I mean, in the, is there a pool table? I mean, can you play baseball in there? Can you run? We weren't allowed to run in the sanctuary. I knew you couldn't run. So what's that going to be like, dwelling in the, the church sort of thing? Those are some of my early images. I remember the, the church art that was around. I, they, they told us to follow Jesus, and I knew I was supposed to want to. But to me, at least early on, it seemed like that meant just hanging out in robes all the time with sheep you know that's kind of the image i had didn't know i knew i was supposed to want to do that but i wasn't sure that i did and so the idea is what does it really mean and i thought about that and thought about it in terms of dwelling in the house of our parents we are all children of god god as our father we are god's children always be the case god creator we're creatures we will always be his children eternally so we are dw- dwelling in the house of our heavenly parent i was st- telling a friend just the other day saying you know we really picked good parents Uh, i was blessed to have parents who are really committed to working together to raising my sister judy and i and to doing the best for us always and so i thought about in those terms of living in a, a household where there's love and support and commitment where as scripture says god is at work for our good always what's it like to be in that household well growing up in a household like that I felt safety. I felt security. My friends and I could range all over the neighborhoods, even beyond the boundaries that our parents had set at times, without any fear. We knew we could always come back home. There would always be nurture and nourishment there. There would be shared meals there. There would be two people who were living for our good always. Sometimes we didn't want that. Sometimes we did, but they were always at work for our good, dwelling in the house of those committed, loving parents. And so I I have those images in my mind when I think about what it is to dwell in the house of the Lord, safety, security, God at work for our good always, in that network of relationships with, I, I think, our sacred times and sacred spaces that rise out of that network of relationships in a loving household in which we dwelt as children if you had the privilege of having that kind of arrangement, there was that kind of relationship. Gathering for Christmas and Thanksgiving birthdays with aunts, uncles, cousins, grandparents. The warmth and the nurture of all of that comes to mind when I think about what would it be like to dwell in the house of the Lord forever in those sacred relationships. I believe that the relationships we have and the, the, those times of connection with those, those people we love are eternal. They're sacred and we reclaim all of that when we pass from this life to the next on levels we can't even imagine now. Because those are sacred, eternal connections, experiences, relationships. I believe there are sacred places because of that. I, my friend Bob Holland was a, one of our great preachers of the past generation. He was at Shadyside Presbyterian Church, and I had the privilege of being on the staff there as a, as a seminary intern. And in that time, Bob Holland told a story about his own family. He had an aunt who never married. She was devoted to her family, particularly to her brother. Her brother went off to fight in World War I and was killed in France in World War I. And for several years, she wanted to get to his grave site in France. Finally, with a couple of family members, she did that, went to France. They found the graveyard, and they went to the sexton and gave them his name. Where's the grave? He sent them off to the grave site. It was an unusual last name. I think it was Schutz was the last name. They found a cross. That, all the crosses were marked only with a last name. They found the cross that said Schutz. They stood there, and Bob Holland's aunt said, My brother is not here. This is not his grave. They, they tried to to persuade her. Well, we, the sexton sent us to the name. No, he's not here. This is not his grave. So finally, more to just to just sort of play along and and patronize her a bit. They went back to the sexton, and sure enough, he'd sent them to the only other cross in the, grave with that na- in the graveyard in that name. Finally, he sent them back to the other one. She stood there and said, this is my brother's grave. This is where he's, he's buried. It was a sacred place, and she sensed that. I think there are sacred places, there are sacred times in life, in that network of relationships in the household, a loving faith-filled household which reflects the sacredness, the uh, the depth of dwelling in the household of God, in God's house. The psalmist desires solely to dwell in the house of God daily every day, not just in and out, but, but daily to be dedicated as one who is of that household. Uh, it occurs to me as a as a boy, I probably spent more time out in the neighborhood, out, around outside the household, than in it. So it's a matter of the freedom of the security to range out and to express and to, uh, to stretch our wings when we have that kind of security to dwell in the house of God. It finally brings joy, and the psalmist reflects that. This will be joy. there will be singing songs of joy that will arise out of being in the household of God, delight, because of that relationship, because of the security, the safety, the guidance, God guides us in that relationship. The scriptures that we have tell us God's perspective on how to live. Don't go this way, don't go that way, go this particular way. It will finally work out better because only God knows what's ahead. I love that illustration of the uh, of the eye in the sky. If you've been in one of our large metropolitan areas, Los Angeles, New York, there are always those helicopters that the news agencies have, and there's the eye in the sky and the... Uh, if you'll look, the, uh, the Interstate, Interstate 10 is just a, a parking lot. Uh, you want to avoid Sawmill Run Boulevard. Take the uh, parkway east. It's wide open. and, you get, you know, and they, they can see everything. They see the whole layout. And God is like that. God gives us guidance for our good always, knowing exactly what is ahead, to say, this may look like a great way to go, but don't go that way. This may be the way that everybody's going. Everybody says, this is it. Don't go that way. I'm telling you, go this way because it will work out finally for the best. It's why we study the scriptures. It's why we compare notes on the scriptures. It's why we seek this, the leading and guiding of God. And so in all of that, this, this, this image of dwelling in the house of the Lord, of being called to dwell in the house of the Lord, plays into Jesus' words, repent and believe the gospel. Repent and believe the good news. And the word repent really means turn around or, more to the point, change your whole way of thinking. Choose to dwell in the house of the Lord. Make that choice, not just one time, but every day. But it's pretty simple, this choice. My friend Peter Mackey was a brilliant theologian. He started out, he graduated from Harvard University at age 19. And he worked for Lockheed out on the West Coast, supervised people his parents' age at that time. And he was on a retreat with a group in the mountains of California, California. And he, he had heard the gospel presented in a very clear way. And he sat on the edge of the mountain there, on the side of the mountain. And he said, it, it hit him what this was about. He said, Lord, I've lived for myself. Now I want to live for you. And so he went from asking the question, what do I want in my life? Or what will fulfill me? What, what, uh, what is it that will make me happy? To what does God want? Knowing that would finally really fulfill his life. Lord, I've lived for myself. Now I want to live for you. Really, to dwell in the house of the Lord, to answer that call, is to every day approach life with that same attitude that my friend Peter uh, came to life about. He went from there, became a, see went to seminary to Princeton Seminary, became a Rhodes Scholar, and uh, came back from that to teach theology. I remember he taught at the church in New in New Wilmington, where I was. I'd get to sit in on his classes before worship. And uh, from time to time, one of the classes he taught on the scriptures. And it occurred to me, this, this man has forgotten more theology than I'll ever know. He was a brilliant theologian. And it really started with that moment of enlightenment. I've lived for myself. Now I want to live for you. Now I want to dwell in your house day after day after day. And so there's a, a need to be willing to do that, to face that foundational question of life. How do I please God? How do I live to please God? Do I want to live to please God? How about you? Do you live every day to please God? Are you willing to live every day to please God? Over and against the questions we ask, what do I want? Well, What will fulfill me? Dwell in the house, in the household of the Lord, daily. And in that is joy. Joy is much deeper than happiness. In fact, I don't believe you can have much happiness without the joy of the Lord. The joy that pervades all things as we follow Christ. The good times, the bad times, the victories, the the tragedies. The joy of Christ is underlaying all of that as we follow him. And it is out of that joy that we will find happiness. And the psalmist says that dwelling in the house of the Lord brings that kind of joy. To live in him, to dwell in him under his authority. As a child growing up in our household, of course, we were under the, under the authority of our parents, and there was a little more emphasis on that authority back in those days. I can remember one of our rules was uh, in the household that we went to church, Sunday and Sundays go going to church every Sunday. And I can remember d- days when I liked to be in a church, but I didn't like to go. It was hard to get me out of the house and get up. And I would say, oh, I'm too tired, or I don't feel well. And my dad would say from time to time, well, that's okay if you're too tired or too sick to go to church, then you're too tired and sick to go anywhere else the rest of the day. I had numerous miraculous healings, miraculous turnarounds. This Incredible energy would come. And, uh, and so that was the authority. That was the rule. It was for our good always. It wasn't for their good. It was for my sister and for me, knowing that if we would just physically get ourselves in a pew, that the, the wonderful ancient words of scripture would flow over us and it would have some effect and it did. They knew that. Their authority, living in that authority, brought that kind of health. Sometimes we didn't want to do it. I can remember uh, not too far from here where we grew up, I was being heroic. I rescued a chipmunk from a cat who was going to eat the chipmunk, and it bit me. I was, I was envisioning, you know, Chip and Dale, this Disney thing. I was envisioning they would be my lifelong friend, celebrate the fact that I saved the little chipmunk. He bit me, on the, and so, but and he was a, he was a me. It was Chipzilla, was what. Didn't realize that. But it, I dropped him, and he took off. Well, I went home, and my parents said, "Well, you're going to need to go to the doctor, and you're probably going to have to get some shots." Uh, no, I think I'll pass on that. No, I don't think I don't think I want to do that. Well, there was no no discussion. You're going to the doctor. I wound up getting 14 rabies shots across my back, one every day for 14 days. I did not sign up for that. But my parents under whose authority I was in their household, knew that I needed to do that so I would not get rabies. And I didn't get rabies, but I I did get the shots. And so we're called to dwell in the house of the Lord where God's authority is the authority that, again, is at work for your good always, even when it doesn't seem like it, even when it doesn't feel like it, even when everybody else we know says, let's go this other way. And God's word says, No, trust me. Take it my way. There's a, a man who has been uh, in, involved in international work in young life over the years, Chuck Reinhold. And I read a book that he wrote, that uh, was wrote, written uh, sort of by his kids. He's in dementia now in his, his latter years of his life. He wrote a book, and one of the phrases that he loved and used all the time was simply, God loves to be trusted. Isn't that great? God loves to be trusted. And I found out looking a little bit further that he got that phrase from one of our Presbyterian missionaries, Don McClure, in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. He went after college and worked with Don McClure for a year, and Don McClure wore that phrase out. And that's where Chuck Reinhold got it. God loves to be trusted. And so we trust God in this dwelling place where his authority reigns, and where he is at work for your good and my good always. In that we find life, and in that we find the deep joy and life eternal for which we long all of our lives. Please pray with me. God, our Father, as we seek to connect the dots in our lives, we pray that you would guide us and direct us, inspire us by your Spirit, move within us and among us, that we would truly seek to dwell in your house, that we would truly seek uh, your joy, your will, that we would make the decision every day to live life your way, to seek what your will is for us. We thank you that you call us to that. You will not let us go. And we lift all to you in the strong name of Jesus. Amen.